Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This activity titled Applying Real-World Evidence to Improve Clinical Decision-Making for Patients with HR-Positive, HER2-Negative Metastatic Breast Cancer is provided by Agile and supported by an independent educational grant from Pfizer Incorporated. Before starting this activity, please be sure to review the disclosure statements as well as the learning objectives. Here's your host, Dr. Javier Cortez. Skepticism regarding the use of real-world evidence continues to exist among oncologists. But the reality is that real-world studies can provide evidence that may aid clinicians in Europe who are treating patients with hormone receptor positive HER2 negative metastatic breast cancer, especially regarding the use of CDK4 and 6 inhibitors. That is why today we will be focusing on the fundamental value that real-world evidence can provide in support of randomized clinical trials and how we can best incorporate those data into current clinical practice. This is CME on Rich MD. And I am Javier Cortez, and I'm delighted to be joined today for this discussion with Dr. Peter Smith from UK and Dr. Giuseppe Gurigliano from Italy. Peter, Giuseppe, very welcome to you both. Thank you, Javier. Thank you, Javier. To get started, I would like to focus on CDK4 and 6 inhibitors, which have been changed clearly the landscape of care for women with ER positive HER2 negative metastatic breast cancer. So, Peter, let's start with you. Can you talk about CDK4 and 6 inhibitors that have been approved by the FDA and or by the MEA and how they have changed the landscape of care in Europe? Thank you, Javier. So CDK4-6 inhibitors clearly have transformed the way we are treating patients with hormone receptor-positive metastatic breast cancer. There is a number of, of, of randomized trials. There are three drugs out there that are at the moment licensed both in Europe and in the US uh, called ribocyclic, palbocyclic, and abemocyclic. And I think for me the most fascinating part is how consistent the results and the benefits of these treatments are across the different trials and across the different indications. There are essentially two main indications where we have seen data so far. In patients, what we often say in an incorrect way as in, in a first-line setting, but it's essentially in an aromatase inhibitor-sensitive setting where CDK4-6 inhibitors were combined with different aromatase inhibitors. And we have had a, a second group of studies in patients who had failed or showed resistance to prior aromatase inhibitor treatment and where the backbone in, the, in, in these combination trials is, is the third compound for Western. Now across all these studies we see substantial and significant benefit with the combination of CDK4-6 inhibitors and hormone therapy. This is both in the, in the first line setting with aromatase inhibitors as well as in the pre-treated setting with Fulvestrant. If you look at the first line setting we, we passed the for me, magical threshold of, of a two-year progression-free survival. In other words, we can say to patients who, who start on the first-line treatment for metastatic breast cancer, if you start on a combination of a CDK4-6 inhibitor, 
you're likely on average you, you, you will benefit for at least two years which is which, which is a massive step forward compared to where we were with aromatase inhibitor alone or hormone therapy alone where we were roughly around 12 to 14 months thanks so much peter for this you know brief and very comprehensive summary of these three cdk 6 inhibitors in the clinical practice based on the randomized clinical trials we have now let's turn our attention to real world evidence which comes from real world studies so giuseppe so can you please discuss for us what this represents and in what way they are different from the data which, which are coming from randomized controlled clinical trials yes of course so which is the characteristics of the real life study the real life or the real world studies are comparative effectiveness trials in which you can compare real life population receiving the treatment under investigation versus which was the standard of care with the different completely different inclusion criteria just to give to you an example of a comparative effectiveness trial we know the data from the flatiron trial it is an observational analysis of electronic health record from the Flatiron Health Analytic Database in which women with HR positive or two negative metastatic breast cancer receiving palbocycliben letrozole have been compared to patients receiving letrozole alone. We included in this study elderly patients, so you should consider that in this real-world data set we have more than 40% of patients that are 70 years old or elderly. Many of them are patients with multiple comorbidities, so cardiovascular disease, diabetes. Many of them also may have access or not to the drug, so you can also obtain from real-world studies information on the social status. And if we look also to the characteristic of the disease, we have many of the patients with visceral disease, some other patients with mono-only disease, but we have also a setting of patients with brain meds that were excluded from the prospective randomized trial. Another important information is having some patients with de novo metastatic disease that in this real-world study are close to 40%. So, which is finally the result of this real-world study? It's quite similar to the data that we have from the prospective randomized study. In the Flatiron dataset analysis, the median progression-free survival in the palbo-letrozole arm was 24 months versus 17 months in the letrozole alone arm. And uh, when we look at the real-world overall survival, even if those patients were with multiple comorbidities, we have a benefit from the combination of letrozole-palbo versus the letrozole alone. So in conclusion, the type of study includes patients that are real life, so with multiple comorbidities, and you have a snapshot in the elderly population. This is terrific, Giuseppe. Thank you so, so much. So now we have understood the characteristics of the data coming from randomized clinical trials compared with real-world studies, and also the potential benefits of CDK4 and 6 inhibitors, which are for the treatment of ER-positive to negative metastatic breast cancer. Now, let's go back to you, Peter. 
So can you briefly tell us which real world evidence or what real world evidence studies exist and the value which have been demonstrated for CDK4 and 6 inhibitors? Yeah, thank you, Javier. There's a number of studies out there, and Giuseppe already referred to, to, to this to some degree. And some of them, for example, focusing on cohorts of patients who are older or did not necessarily meet the slightly stringent eligibility criteria for trials. Now, I think there are some important considerations around those trials is, is what level of evidence do they provide? One of the big downsides, obviously, is there is no formal randomization process in, in, involved. So, for example, if you compare a group of patients who receive letrozole to compare to a group of patients who receive letrozole plus palbocycle or CDK4-6 inhibitor, we cannot be certain that there hasn't been an element of pre-selection that, for example, patients who are slightly frailer will get single agent therapy or patients who possibly have an expected very good response to therapy. For example, we know patients who have bone-only disease tend to be doing better in the randomized trials. Now, if we have a non-randomized comparison of two arms, that can lead to biases in one way or another. The results of the trials are helpful. They're helpful in the way that they address some of the gaps, the large, very high quality randomized trial uh, data to, uh, created for us. But, but at the same time, I think it's now consistent with the messages we saw before. But at the same time, they bring up some challenges from a, a general point of view. In that way, what endpoints are valid? Is progression-free survival a reliable endpoint for a non-controlled trial where there's no defined time points when scans are being done? There's no monitoring of that. Overall survival, on the other hand, is a very powerful endpoint and is very difficult to bias. Some of the response data, again, we need to be very careful because some of those trials do not use strict rhesus criteria. What I'm trying to say, the devil is in the detail. And if we look at some of those trial results, they, they seem to be in large, hugely supportive of what we see with CDK4-6 inhibitors across the randomized trials. But that is not surprising because we have never had a situation in oncology where three different drugs in two different settings has so remarkably consistent results. So it would be very unusual if then real-world data would suddenly be very, very different. So, Giuseppe, in my opinion, the critical comment, the critical question is, how can we best incorporate real-world data evidence into our clinical practice to supplement information which comes from um, our clinical studies? So, Javier, this is really a very good question, I believe. We know very well, as Peter explained it very well, that we have a lot of limitation of real-world studies. But uh, how we can bring this in the real life? So, I don't believe the real-world evidence study are enough uh, to bring into the clinic a drug without a prospective randomized trial. In my opinion, we need for any drug a prospective randomized trial that should be controlled. But real-world evidence trials are important because you can obtain a lot of information on spatial population. So when you treat a patient in a clinical trial, and then you move in the real life, 
you have a completely different population because in the real life, you have many patients that have multiple comorbidities and you cannot extrapolate from the clinical trial to the real life on how to treat the patient with multiple comorbidities. So real world evidence trial will be much more important in the future because uh, if you know many regulatory agencies are actually approving drugs based on a phase one expanded phase two. And so you have uh, directly the drug in real life and many information cannot be obtained from a phase one, phase two. So in conclusion, first, real world data are not sufficient to bring in a clinic a drug, but can be very important to test a drug in the real life and to a patient population in which you have multiple comorbidities. And finally, if FDA, EMA, NICE, or any other regulatory agencies would like to have data on comparative effectiveness, the only way to obtain those data are real-world studies. So I think, Giuseppe, that this is a great summary of everything we have been discussing today. Just to finish, uh, Peter, we are running out of time. Just one or two uh, key take-home messages from our audience. I think the key messages for me is in the context of CDK4-6 inhibitors, we have impressive and, and amazingly consistent data from several randomized control trials in the first and second line setting. We have now additional supporting information from what we call real world studies that basically give us insight in how these drugs are being applied and if how effective they are outside clinical trials in populations that may be slightly less well selected and controlled and therefore have possibly more comorbidities, but also slightly different treatment indications. And again, that evidence is consistent with what we have seen from the randomized phase three trials, and therefore provides a substantial evidence base for the use of CDK4-6 inhibitors in patients with ear-positive metastatic breast cancer. I want to thank my guests, Dr. Peter Smith, Dr. Giuseppe Gurigliano, for helping us better to understand the importance of real-world studies in the management of ER-positive HER2-negative metastatic breast cancer. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Javier. This activity was provided by Agile. To receive your free CME credit, be sure to complete the post-test and evaluation at reachmd.com agile. This is CME on ReachMD. Be part of the knowledge.